Firepower with Will Johnson. Only at Band.Video. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Will Johnson. We are talking about NATO and the Democrats, how they lost their everlasting mind when it comes to President Trump. They hate this man so much. They don't care where he is on the planet. Okay, so let me just talk a little bit about NATO. And I'm going to give a little history on NATO because there's a lot of people that didn't know uh, how NATO, how NATO, listen, NATO, how NATO even got started. So one thing is NATO was formed following the Second World War. It was funded in Washington, D.C. in 1949 by a dozen European and Northern American countries. Now, this was created then, and the main reason why they created this is to make sure that they had somebody or an alliance to fight against communism. I mean, it's kind of weird, right, to hear that happening today. NATO, the NATO alliance was formed as a response to the threat posed after the Second World War by, guess who? The Soviet Union. See, they created this to help fight against communism, which was the Soviet Union. But now today, it's like the leftists, the, the Democrats, they're embracing communism. They're acting like it is a better option. When NATO is all about it, supposed to be against communism. And what's bring me to one of my points, you have the liberal media, the criminal news network, or I like to say the communist news network or MSDNC, they're all attacking President Trump while he's overseas, while he's addressing NATO, while he's talking to the different leaders of the countries that's involved in NATO. They're attacking him because they want him to do whatever it is that they want. See, President Trump, when he goes over to these different countries and he's talking to them, he's representing the American people. He's representing us. And guess what he's doing? He's putting us before the rest of them. And for some reason, the left thinks that is a bad thing, that President Trump will have the nerve, the audacity to put America before other nations. How did we get here? Why is this even happening? See, ironically, the Democrats and the Democrats in America among the European countries, some of them, they're starting to, they're starting to embrace communism themselves. I mean, just look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders says he's a socialist, right? But we all know socialism and communism go hand in hand. They're one and the same. People will say they're not, but they are. On December 3rd, 2019, the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, made a comment to President Trump that NATO is not about the money. Hmm, yeah, right. But anyone who knows who's been paying attention to all of this knows that the, there, it's all about the money. Who's putting up the most money? And that's what the main problem is here. Okay? But anyone who knows, like I said, it's, it's a hundred percent about the money. America pays above, well above and beyond. I mean, all of it. So I have a chart that I want to put on the screen here. America pays well and above and beyond what the other NATO countries pay all together. Let's just take a look on how much money the United States pays versus France. 
the United States estimated to pay $730,490, which is 3.2, 3.42 of the GDP. France is estimated to pay $50,729, which is 1.84 of their GDP. Granted, the United States is by far more wealthy than the rest of these countries, by far. But that doesn't mean the United States has to foot the entire bill for everything. I mean, seriously, look at the numbers. The numbers is just a butt. I mean, through the roof. But they want America to keep paying for all of this. I don't know about you, but that is a problem. The Democrats want to give all of our money away. They want to give it to Ukraine. They want to give it to Iran. They wanted to give it to NATO. They just want to give all our money away. And guess who's going to hurt in the end? The American people. Thank God we have President Trump. We'll be back. Seeing that I think increasingly there is a sense among global leaders that there is no benefit to standing there, as many of them have done, and engaging in sort of pleasantries. It's not getting them what they want. It's not changing what President Trump does. It's not changing what he says. And I think that what you're seeing now with Macron is a harbinger of what you're going to see from other leaders in the coming months, which is basically to just stand there and openly disagree with him, as opposed to what we have seen before, which is diplomatic niceties that you would see in previous administrations, that they just don't see the utility anymore. So basically what they're saying is that, like, just like Obama did, President Trump needs to go along with whatever the globalists are asking for. President Trump, don't put America first. Do whatever it is the globalists would have you do. Tom, are you there? Haberman of the New York Times. I mean, she is a fraud, a hack, a loser. She works for one of, if not the worst publications in existence. The gray lady is weeping with what it has become, largely with Maggie Haberman at the helm. And frankly, I, I hope that all of the globalist leaders in Europe and elsewhere, I hope that they all disagree with President Trump. That's why we elected the man, because the global <laughs> status quo is disgustingly broken and we want someone to smash it with a hammer <laughs> you're absolutely right you know and every single time that they get upset with president trump doing something with nato and i'm talking about the lamestream liberal media i like it i mean i'm like yes i'm so with president trump because he is putting us first why is it such a problem why is it such an issue to put america first why is america the bad guy here why is America the one that's so bad? America's putting out so much money, but yet we're the bad guy. It doesn't make any sense. Well, they seem to just enjoy this. I mean, I, I don't understand. I can understand. Like, I, I, if I were France, if I were Merkel or Macron or anybody, even Boris Johnson in the UK, I would love it if somebody else was footing the bill for my protection. I mean, that's what this comes down to. We're going out to dinner every night of the week, and one person is picking up 95% of the check. It's a great deal for everybody else going to dinner, but it's a terrible deal for the United States. And so the fact that they're, I, I understand why they're happy. I do not understand why CNN is unhappy that President Trump is trying to fix this. I do not understand why the New York Times is unhappy that President Trump is trying to fix this. I mean, you can only come to one conclusion here, and that's that these people, they hate America. They they yeah. love the fact that we're getting taken advantage of by the entire world, and they hate that we have somebody trying to end it. Let me ask you, Tom, how do we benefit by being in the Paris Climate Agreement? 
I mean, what is the benefit to the American people? I mean, what do we get out of it? I mean, I guess some liberals get to feel good on the inside, Will. They get to feel like, oh, boy, we're we're wonderful people. We're trying to save the climate or whatever it is that they're going on about. But the fact is that it destroys the American economy. I mean, the Chinese are everybody. Nobody seems to acknowledge how devastatingly uh, big this flaw is to the Paris Climate Accords. The. Chinese economy, the Indian economy, they are still considered to be developing economies, according to the Paris Climate Accords. And as a result, they are immune from all of the restrictions that the United States, Europe, uh, the the so-called civilized parts of the world would be stipulated to. So meanwhile, the United States is going to be destroying its economy. We're going to be shutting down all the power plants. We're going to be killing off thousands and thousands of jobs, while China, where you have to wear a gas mask, to walk down the street in the morning, they get to pollute as much as they want for a period of something like eight years. So it, it, there's nothing good for the United States about this, except, again, I guess we get to feel good about ourselves because Greta Thunberg is going to be pleased with us. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't buy us anything. I have yet to see how us being involved with the Players Climate Agreement, how it's going to involve how the American people stand to benefit. There's nothing good that's good for the American people. And like you said, it's going to destroy our economy. It's going to destroy jobs here. But you have, you know what? I'm, I'm really thankful that President Trump decided to pull us out of it and is pulling us out, out of it. And Nancy Pelosi is trying to undermine the president of the United States. I guess she's assuming that he's not going to be president much longer because they have this whole impeachment hoax coming about. So let's just play this video with Nancy Crazy Pelosi talking about the Paris Climate Agreement. This is a mission. This is a passion. Uh, this is a scientifically based approach to all of it. <clears throat> and we're here to say to all of you, on behalf of the House of Representatives and the Congress of the United States, we're still in it. We're still in it. How are you going to still be in it? I mean, you, I mean, you people... There, Tom, actually, there, there are actually some people that believe that Nancy Pelosi is equal to President Trump. She believes it in her head, even. Well, that's, a, that's exactly right. She goes around telling European leaders that she has the same amount of power as President Trump because she's the the current uh, House Speaker. I mean, it, it's pretty much insane. I think this woman is deluded. I mean, from that clip, we even heard the <clears throat> we heard the hick. I think maybe she had a couple uh, glasses of Chardonnay on the trip over. <laughs> probably probably more than a couple, I would imagine. I mean, she's been known to, you know, dip and dab quite often. So, <laughs> but anyway, so we have another clip here. This is President Trump talking about NATO. And actually, you know, he's showing his support, or not, not necessarily support, but he's showing how we should try to get along with countries that we disagree with. For example, Russia, or even Ukraine, or even Turkey. Just because we don't get along with these countries doesn't mean we shouldn't try to get along with them. But the Democrats, for some reason, they want us to go to war with Russia. They're still blaming Russia for something that they still have yet to prove. And I don't care if they said it was 17 different agencies that came out and said that Russia hacked the DNC. There's no proof on it. They would never allow them to see the DNC servers. So they're going on speculation because the DNC told them that they were hacked by Russia. So we're supposed to automatically believe it. I don't think it works that way. Not in the real world, but for some reason, the Democrats have ran with it. 
Let's play this video. And I truly believe, Tom, I think we should get out of NATO personally. I mean, or at least President Trump should say, look, we pay the most money. We get to say what's happening. And this is not a quick pro quo. This is you doing the right thing, NATO. Let's go to the clip. Well, I can only say we have a very good relationship with Turkey and with President Erdogan. I do. Uh, I, I can't speak for the president of France. How is it possible to be a member of the alliance, to work with all of us, to buy our mothers, to be integrated, and to buy the S-400 from Russians? Technically, it is not possible. <laughs> yeah, technically, it's not possible. Technically, it's not possible. Technically, you don't pay as much as we do. So technically, you need to shut up. Technically, you need to shut up. I mean, seriously. Macron is a, he's kind of an enigma, right? I mean, in a sane world, he would be called a, a victim of pedophilia. He married uh, uh, his wife, who is something like 25 years older than him. He married her after she had taught him when he was a little boy in school. I mean, there's some creepy stuff happening there, but mm. I think it's also important we recognize that Macron, he uh, is trying to become the new leader of the free world. After he was elected and after after he first started sparring with President Trump, he basically said, well, look, since America's doing this Trump thing for the next few years, I will take the mantle. And look exactly how well that's going for him. We're in something like week 47 of the Yellow Vest protests in Paris. Nobody covers it anymore, but they're still happening every single weekend. It's not going to end as long as he is in office, is my firm belief. And furthermore, I mean, President Trump, he's actually attempting to make NATO something worthwhile. Now, the fact that Turkey is in NATO is stupid. The fact that there is no process to eject a member of NATO is stupid. But these are not the problems that President Trump created. These are the problems that our esteemed leaders in the 1940s and 1950s created. Mm -hmm. And it's for better or worse, that's what we're stuck with. So we might yeah. as well try and work with these people. Or again, disband the alliance. I would love to see all of these countries come together. Yes. They, they Until 2018 or 17, they didn't even address the massive global issue of terrorism. And so this alliance was soaking up billions of dollars and doing functionally nothing since 19, the early 90s exactly. when the Soviet Union fell. It's been a pointless exercise. I mean, just imagine how they would start running around like chickens with their head cut off if President Trump said, you know what, we're done. We're going to pull out. They would go ballistic. They were like, oh, my God, what is happening here? President Trump will give you whatever it is you want. We'll give it, we'll give you, who, who do you want us to investigate? They will come up with somebody. You won't even need to make it up. They will come up with it. We'll be back in a minute. And we have uh, a tremendous amount of captured fighters, ISIS fighters over in Syria. And uh, they're all under lock and key. But many are from France, many are from Germany, many are from UK. They're mostly from Europe. And some of the countries are agreeing. I have not spoken to the president about that. Uh, would you like some nice ISIS fighters? Yes, I can give them you to you. Look at the you, can take, you can take everyone you want. <laughs> Let's be serious. Uh, the very large number of fighters you have on the ground are ISIS fighters coming from Syria, from Iraq, and the region. It is true that you have foreign fighters coming from Europe. But this is a tiny minority of the overall problem we have in the region. And I think number one priority, because it's not yet finished, is to get rid of ISIS. 
and the steroid groups. This is our number one priority. And it's not yet done. I'm sorry to say that. Yes, you still have fighters in this region, in Syria and now in Iraq, and more and more. And the whole destabilization of the region makes the situation more difficult to fix the situation against ISIS. Second, some of these foreign fighters are being judged in Iraq because of the deeds, uh, precisely uh, uh, they acted in this, uh, in this very region. And we will have a case-by-case approach. We have a humanitarian approach for children, already organized, and we will have a case-by-case approach. But for me, the very first objective in the region is to finish war against ISIS. And, and, and don't, don't make any mistake. Your number one problem are not the foreign fighters. This is the ISIS fighters in the region. And you have more and more of these fighters due to the situation today. This is why he's a great politician, because that was one of the greatest non-answers I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's okay. Right, cut it off too soon. That's one of the non-great answers. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. He said a bunch of nothing. I mean, he still didn't talk about ISIS, and you go, well, this is a small amount. But you know what? They have a whole bunch of them coming from Europe, but he don't want to acknowledge that there are that they are coming from Europe. I mean, this is what the Democrats, I mean, it's like liberalism. The virus is just all over the planet. And they're like, oh, yeah, we want to help ISIS, but then we want to act like we're not with ISIS. It's, it's ridiculous. And he didn't even answer the question by President Trump. No, and there's a large amount of irony to what he did say. I mean, I don't know what maps uh, Macron is seeing. I don't know what reality he comes from, but uh, pretty much everybody has agreed that ISIS is now confined to a few caves throughout Iraq and Syria. They no longer have territory. They no longer have a caliphate. What they have instead is what radical Islam has always had. They have uh, radicals. They have jihadis. They have sleeper cells all over the globe. And that's something that has been a problem with radical Islam for the past, oh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. It really goes back into the 1700s that the United States has been dealing with radical Islamic terrorism. But it also is interesting, Will, is it not that France is perfectly willing to become overrun with so-called Syrian refugees, the majority of which are neither refugees nor from Syria, but they won't take back their own citizens it's it, it's confounding really yeah they won't and they'll be like oh well we don't want them back it's the same thing like when, when president trump said that mexico was sending over the bad people the bad bunch and then mexico don't want even want them back it's the same thing that's happening there they get rid of them and then they don't want them back why because they're a problem they're a nuisance they they cause nothing but destruction and they're like okay we got rid of that problem let them move on you know what, Tom, it, it, it goes right with everything with, like, let's say, like Russia and Ukraine. And they, they cause all of these problems. And the Democrats find some kind of way to try to twist it. I mean, they do it with everything. They find some kind of way to twist what they're doing. Right. So let's get to this next clip where President Trump is talking about how we should possibly get along with Russia. Is, do you see anything wrong with us getting along with a with a country that possibly could cause mass destruction on the planet, Tom? I mean, personally, well, I, I, I don't. 
I would much rather get along with Russia than have uh, what began to happen under Obama and unfortunately has kind of continued over Trump, which is Russia and China cozying up and becoming buddies. I think that is one of the worst things that could happen for the United States, for the West, for everybody who loves freedom. And that is, that is possibly the worst thing that could happen. So I would much rather get along with Russia, have a working relationship right. with Russia. And, uh, you know, Putin seems like he is a violent man. He seems like he is a difficult man, but he seems like somebody we can work with. If we can work with all of the dictators that were so beloved by how many previous administrations, why can't we work with Putin, who at least yes. has the facade of democracy? Exactly. And what you just said is actually biblical as well, because it talks about in the end times how Russia and China and other countries will come together and start working together. So it is it is it's pretty bad. I mean, and that's it's, it's bad for America and it's bad for the rest of the world. So let's go to this clip where President Trump is talking about how we should get along with Russia or how he's getting along with them. And for some reason, because he doesn't want to go to war, he's the bad man, orange man bad. Let's go to it. I think we feel that we can get along with Russia. And I think it's a good thing to get along with Russia. It is important to have a strategic dialogue with Russia. We must do so without naivety. Caitlin teed this up. They did begin friendly. Remember, they had the big dinner at the Eiffel Tower. Uh, Macron started off thinking, I can be sort of the Trump translator, the Trump whisperer for Europe at a time the president was very critical of the alliance. That relationship has changed dramatically. And again, President Macron essentially without using the word saying, you're wrong. Uh, president Macron. President Macron said, you're wrong. See, it, they find it very pleasing, Tom, when someone else is saying that President Trump is wrong. No, President Trump is not wrong. We shouldn't mm -hmm. be trying to be cut each other's throat just because we don't agree with another country. Well, it, it is so hysterical to me that the media, the American media, seems fixated on this uh, lunatic who's married to a geriatric woman. I'm sorry, but it's weird. You can't say it enough. It's bizarre. It's pedophilic, really. Um, but uh, they're very obsessed with this man who has record low approval ratings in his own country, who has riots every single day of the week, who has terrorist attacks happening, who has churches burning. I mean, even aside from Notre Dame, there was something like uh, 15 French churches, Catholic churches that were vandalized in 2019 alone. The media is obsessed with this man. He's probably more popular in the United States, thanks to people like CNN, mm -hmm. than he is in his own country. It's it's rather insane. Meanwhile, of course, they hate President Trump, who is teetering around a 50% approval rating and has a 95% approval rating within the Republican Party. So uh, this is uh, the American media. They support the most, or I'm sorry, the least popular French president there's ever been, while they drag one of the most popular American presidents through the mud. Yeah, didn't they just have the fake terrorist bomber on the London Bridge? And isn't that his neck of the woods? I mean, well, it's I mean, right seriously. next door, Will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's right. I mean, serious. It's right there, the London Bridge. So it's they, these, it's, I'm trying to like contain myself when it comes to how idiotic these leftists are. And for him to sit there and like be happy. That another president, another member from NATO is saying, trying to allude that President Trump is bad or President Trump is wrong. Whose side are they on? Are these Americans? 
Are these truly Americans? No, I don't think they are. I think they want to destroy this nation and they're showing every last one of us how they hate America. And this is the liberal mainstream media I am referring to. We'll be back in a minute. So Mr. President, uh, Canada does not meet the 2% standard. Should it have a plan to meet the 2% standard? Well, we'll put them on a payment plan, you know? We'll put Canada on a payment plan, right? I'm sure the Prime Minister would love that. What are you at? What, what is your number? Uh, the number we talk about is 70% increase uh, over these uh, past years, uh, including, and for the coming years, uh, including uh, re significant investments in our fighter jets, significant investments in our naval fleets. Uh, we are increasing significantly our defense spending from previous governments that cut it. Okay. Where are you now uh, in terms of your number? We're at 135? 1.3. 1.4. 1.4. 1.4. And continuing to move They're getting there. They know it's important to do that. And their economy is doing well. They'll get there quickly, I think. Look, it's to their benefit. And the president knows well as well that Canada has been there for every NATO deployment. We have consistently stepped up. Uh, sent our troops uh, into harm's way. We're leading in, in Iraq. Uh, we're leading in NATO, in, uh, in Latvia. Uh, we continue to step up uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, most of our allies. There are some countries that, even though they might reach the 2%, uh, don't step up nearly as much. And I think uh, it's important to look at what is actually being done. And the United States and all NATO allies know that Canada is a solid, reliable partner that will continue to defend NATO and defend our interests. And we do have tremendous coordination with radar, with all of the different things that, you know, technologically, we have tremendous coordination between Canada and the United States. You know what, Tom, I wish you would ask him did he want any ISIS members? Because (laughs) I remember about, I think it was like a year, maybe a year and a half ago, where he was in a video saying that we're going to welcome ISIS to Canada. And a lot of people were like, what in the world is he talking about? Because then that would allow ISIS to be right there north of us. Do you, do you recall that? Well, of course, Canada being the social justice capital of the world, what they're trying to do is say, uh, we'll take all of these terrorists to Canada and we'll reform them and we'll integrate them into Canadian society. In fact, Canada is now, uh, and this may no longer be true, but for a brief period of time earlier this year, at least if it's not still happening, was the number one destination for illegal immigrants coming from Mexico and Central America instead of the United States, where they know now they're going to be faced with President Trump and ICE and Border Patrol. Instead, they just figure out how to hop over the United States or go through it and get to Canada as quickly as possible. But of course, the only thing worse than the cheese-eating surrender monkey we saw in the last segment is this guy (laughs) who is sitting like a little girl getting ready for her ballet recital with his goofy little socks. Uh, To our Canadian viewers, and I know you're out there, I severely and am sincerely uh, sympathetic with you. I don't know how you wound up with this guy for another term, but... uh, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know I what know. to say. What a loser. I know, dude. I know. I know. When I first heard that, I'm like, he won again? I mean, like, how? Who? Why? What are they thinking? What are you doing, Canada? Oh, Canada. I mean, seriously, <laughs> what in the world are you doing? When they, I was like, this is insane. But anyways, President Trump, you know, he's at NATO and he's standing up for America. And of course, the liberal media, they hate every bit of it. And why he's there, you know, they have to bring up the whole impeachment thing. And see, because the liberal media 
And because the Democrats are attacking President Trump the way they are, they're making an avenue for people to just simply try to disrespect President Trump. That's why this idiot in France is doing what he's doing, Macron. That's why he's acting this way, because he feels empowered because, oh, the Communist News Network is saying all of these negative things about President Trump. So we're going to go right along with it. And then they encourage it. But you know what, Tom? I'm so glad that President Trump is a man. He's an alpha male. And he puts his foot down. Let's go to it. What do we want to learn from Adam Schiff testimony? From which? From Adam Schiff. I learned nothing from Adam Schiff. Well, I think you, he's a maniac. What would you want to learn if he testified? I think Adam Schiff is a deranged human being. I think he grew up with a complex for lots of reasons that are obvious. I think he's a very sick man. And he lies. Uh, Adam Schiff made up my conversation with the president of Ukraine. And one of the reasons people keep talking about it is that's what they saw. We have a perfectly beautiful three or four page transcription and then in the other case a two-page transcription of the conversation but a lot of people didn't read that how many people called you a friend of mine called up a top person in new york called up great friend of mine very successful gee i didn't like what was said i said oh where did you see it did you read it no i didn't read it i heard adam schiff give it i said well that's not what was said and i sent him a copy of what was said he said this is like this is great this isn't what he said this guy is sick he made up the conversation. He lied. If he didn't do that in the halls of Congress, he'd be thrown in a jail. But he did it in the halls of Congress, and he's given immunity. This is a sick person. He's a liar. And by the way, Nancy Pelosi knew he was lying, and she went on a show, Stephanopoulos, and she said he told the truth. So she was lying, too. These people are deranged. They're sick individuals. And they expect the rest of us, the American people, to just go right along with all of it. Sadly, there are a lot of people out there that believe every word Shifty Schiff said. They believe what Shifty Schiff said over President Trump, even after Shifty Schiff came out and said he was just doing a parody. They still believe what he was saying, Tom. Well, Adam Schiff is, of course, uh, Hollywood's congressman. You can look at the uh, the district on a map. He represents uh, the likes of George Clooney and the other Hollywood degenerates, uh, Robert De Niro and the rest of them. Uh, so it's not surprising that when he finally got his chance to speak, he acted. That was not uh, real. That was not a thing that was actually said. It was, as he calls it, a parody. I call it really bad acting. They say, mm -hmm. in fact, it was an InfoWars alum, uh, Roger Stone, who said that Politics is just Hollywood for ugly people. And as President Trump alluded to, I think that is definitely the case for Adam Schiff. He is a very ugly person, both on the inside and out. And because he couldn't make it in Hollywood as an actor, he obviously became a congressman. And this is his big <laughs> moment on the silver screen. But, uh, you know, there used to be this great American tradition that when the president is overseas, be it at NATO, the UN, anything, if he's just visiting a foreign country for whatever reason, if he's at the Olympics, whatever. Whatever it is, you do not speak ill of the president when he is overseas. This was at least a, a longstanding tradition for Congress and to a lesser extent the media. But you notice under President Trump, as with everything else, the media, the Democrats, everybody, they're throwing out all sense of decorum. And it is becoming anything they can do to destroy this president and, as you said, yep. Will, to delegitimize him on the world stage. So everything he says becomes inconsequential. Yep. And on top of that, they're going to start up the whole impeachment inquiry with Jerry Nadler 
and they expect us to believe anything that they're going to release. I mean, we have a clip where they talked about where how they said that they have everything on President Trump, how he uh, did obstruction with uh, Congress. Forget about Congress lying, but he's doing obstruction against Congress and how he intimidated witnesses and how he how he he, he prevented uh, witnesses from coming to testify, how he's holding back documentation. They're saying all of these things, regardless of all the bad things that they're doing. And we're supposed to believe them when they get ready to start this impeachment inquiry that's supposed to take place under the judicial committee. I mean, uh, who no one in their right mind should follow along any of this. So here it is with Jerry Naller. We got a clip with Jerry Naller before we run out of time here where he's talking about, you know, we sh- really shouldn't be doing this. You know, I mean, impeachment is only if it's really bad. And the only reason why they're doing this, Tom, is to get public approval. That's their only avenue right now. So let's go to this clip. You have to be reluctant to do an impeachment. Uh, an app- uh, you should be very reluctant to do it. There are really three questions, I think. Number one, has the president committed impeachable offenses? Number two, have those offen- do those offenses rise to the gravity where it's worth putting the country through the trauma of an impeachment, uh, of an impeachment uh, proceeding? And number three, um, because you don't want to tear the country apart. You don't want uh, 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 half the country to say to the other half of the next 30 years, we won the election, you stole it from us. You have to be able to think before, at the beginning of the impeachment process that the evidence is so clear of offenses so grave that once you've laid out all the evidence, a good fraction of the opposition voters uh, will say, will reluctantly admit to themselves they had to do it. Otherwise, you have a partisan impeachment which would tear the country apart. If you meet those three tests, I think you do the impeachment if you don't. He just said exactly what they're doing, Tom. They're tearing a country apart. He just said it verbatim. Why? We'll be back. production crew like playing that it's not me it's not even my brother i don't know who that is <laughs> welcome back okay so <clears throat> on a serious note jim jordan you know what tom i like jim jordan and we need more people like jim jordan in congress as republicans to stand up and fight against the tyranny that the left is trying to implement onto the rest of us he straight up talked about how nancy pelosi is addressing President Trump, calling President Trump an imposter? I mean, really? I mean, this is a a sitting member of Congress talking about the President of the United States who won the election in 2016 fair and square. Well, really what it comes down to, I mean, and I I agree with you, Jim Jordan is one of the handful of decent representatives that we have in Congress, and I wish we could get more like him. I feel the majority of Republicans, uh, the elected Republicans, I should say, are completely unwilling to actually support the president to really put them all where they are is the reason why many of these people have a job, period. But 
what he's about to say, I don't want to give it away, but it's absolutely correct. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, what she's doing is the most insane thing that Americans have ever seen. Here you have the House Speaker, the Speaker of the House, this dinosaur who's been around since the Paleolithic era. She's claiming that she is the real president of the United States. She has all the power. President Trump is on the way out. It's really quite bizarre, and I think that it is dangerous for the country. I mean, but I I am hoping, you know, it's very hard for us to know what the people, the international audience sees when they see Nancy Pelosi. Perhaps they're reminded of their grandma and they think maybe she's not so bad. But I'm hoping that what this is doing is making the entire international community see the Democrat Party for what it is, which is uh, an asylum where the inmates are running the joint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just said Nancy Pelosi has been around since the White House was a cave. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, let's go to the clip. While the president's overseas, back at home, Democrats are moving forward with their push to impeach the president. House Judiciary first public hearing will be happening tomorrow. You've seen the list of witnesses. Yeah. What do you expect happens? I mean, these are professors. My guess is many of these professors were for impeaching the president even before the phone call even happened in July. Never forget, there were five members of the intelligence community, Democrat members, who were who voted to move forward with impeachment before the phone call even happened this past July. So, uh, I mean, look, we're 90 percent of the way down the road. Uh, the Democrats have been on this for months, and they're just now bringing in constitutional scholars to talk about the constitutionality of their impeachment proceedings. That seems a little backwards to me. But again, with these folks, you can never... Uh, you never know what to expect as they've uh, they've done this now for months and months. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. But uh, look, this whole thing is built on what Nancy Pelosi said two weeks ago Sunday when she called the president of the United States an imposter. They have never accepted the fact that 63 million Americans voted for Donald Trump on November 8, 2016 and made him president. He won an electoral college landslide. They have never accepted that fact. And for the Speaker of the House of Representatives to call the President of the United States an imposter is just wrong. But that underscores what they're trying to do. They have never accepted the will of the American people. And they've gone to this crazy impeachment strategy that we've seen unfold now for several months. Exactly. They still think that President Trump can be replaced and, re- and replaced with Hillary Rodden Clinton, Tom. They still have that in their mind. They still think there's a pathway to get Hillary Clinton there. I don't even think they really want Hillary Clinton, to be honest with you. But I mean, I think that's the they, they want to just remove them. Well, that's right, and they've wanted this since day one. I mean, but I, I will never stop underscoring the fact that Nancy Pelosi in 2017 and 2018, even the good chunk of 2019, was firmly anti-impeachment. I mean, I don't know if this woman is off her meds. I don't know if she's got a touch of uh, brain disease. I don't know what the deal is here. Or maybe it's just AOC running the party. But the fact that she has gone from cautioning Democrats that you cannot simply impeach a man because you dislike him to now – uh, not only saying we need to impeach this man because we dislike him, but masquerading as though she is, in fact, the president of the United States of America. It's really confounding. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is somebody who needs to retire and spend some time with her grandchildren, not go around live action role playing as the leader of the free world. This is dangerous. I mean, this is yes. uh, we talk constantly about this coup, but this is an actual coup. You have yeah. a woman claiming that she is the actual president. I mean, and this is 
is their their end yeah. game. I mean, uh, President Trump, they impeach. Mike Pence will stand down because he is not that great. Uh, I'm sorry to break it to some of the viewers. I like him on a personal level, but he's a little bit squishy. I don't think he has the backbone that, that we all hope and wish he does. So uh, Trump is impeached. Pence resigns. Nancy Pelosi is president. She's acting as though this has already happened. She's going around telling world leaders that she's the real president, that she has I mean, the same amount of power as him. How was how that not treasonous? I mean, seriously, she's going to other countries telling them that she has just as much power, if not more. And, you know, they're they're on an impression that they're going to remove President Trump. And tomorrow is the day of this whole circus begins with Nadler and the rest of the House Democrats. This is, you know, let's just go to this clip where they have released the documentation about the uh, impeachment. This is the House Intel impeachment. They released their report. Let's go to that clip. You know, what we're looking at, first of all, is a preamble that's put out by the Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff. And I'm going to read you one key paragraph here. The president's actions have damaged our national security, undermined the integrity of the next election, and violated his oath of office. Here's the other key paragraph in Chairman Schiff's statement. It will be up to Congress to determine whether these acts rise to the level of an impeachable offense, whether the president shall be held to account, and whether or not uh, we as a nation are committed uh, to the rule of law. With the release of our report, the American people can review for themselves the evidence detailing President Trump's betrayal of public trust. Now, here's what's going to happen later this afternoon. The committee will meet behind closed doors to vote this out. As you know, yesterday, Republicans released kind of a pre-buttle, their views, a very different take on this report and what they had seen. They have until Thursday uh, to, you know, update and amend and, and, and offer any alternative views that they might have before the, excuse me, before the Intelligence Committee sends the majority report and the minority views over to the Judiciary Committee. Remember, again, the Judiciary Committee, you know, this is their ballgame right now because impeachment is, in fact, the bailiwick of, uh, impeachment is in the bailiwick of the Judiciary Committee. That's yeah. going to be very key here. And I'm just trying to see, get a sense here of how well, long this is. Actually, you know, there's something I've just come across here. Um, they kind of are enumerating here. Yes, I'm up I, to I was, article. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna, if, if we talk about that a little bit, it seems like they're dividing it into two categories. This is the part that you're looking at. Number one is the president's misconduct. They say the president conditioned a White House meeting in military aid to Ukraine on a public announcement of investigations beneficial to his re-election campaign. And then part two, the president's obstruction of the House of Representatives impeachment inquiry. The president obstructed the impeachment inquiry by instructing witnesses and agencies to ignore subpoenas for documents and testimony. And under that, refusing to allow top aides to testify unsuccessful attempts to block key witnesses and the president's intimidation of witnesses that exchange that we saw um, when he's sort of live tweeting as the hearing is going on and they're marking down you know more 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 misdemeanors as you were everything everything tom everything the president does they say is bad right i mean okay look President Trump, if he doesn't have information, Tom, how is he supposed to hand it over to them if he doesn't have it? It's like me asking you, Tom, can you show me the plans that you use to rob that bank last week? And if you don't show, what's the thing? Now you're obstructing justice. If you don't right. share that documentation with me right now, Tom, 
you're obstructing justice. That's exactly what they're doing to President Trump right now. And more than half the American people see it. The other half that don't recognize it, they want to remain dumb. They want to remain like they've been abducted by aliens and act like, oh, this is what happened to me. But, oh, yeah, I like it. (laughs) Well, what we just saw really underscores what we've been saying for weeks, that this is all choreographed, this is all rehearsed. It was a – the conclusion was foregone. President Trump will be impeached in the House. Uh, There is very little that can be done to stop that. What I would urge all of our viewers to do is to peacefully, legally, lawfully, as citizen journalists, as the activist audience that watches Bandot Video, that watches our sponsor, InfoWars, please go if you are in a swing district or if you are not in a swing district, if you have family in If you have a telephone, if you have an email, go to these vulnerable Democrats. You can find a list of them on nationalfile.com. We published the article over the weekend. You can find a list of them there. Go ask them, do you want a job? Do you want to continue to be in Congress come 2020? If you do, you'd better not impeach this guy in the House. It will spell your downfall. But they don't care. It's going to be they'll impeach him in the House. It'll go to the Senate and it'll die. Yeah, I mean, even Nancy Pelosi says she's willing to destroy everything if that's what it takes to remove President Trump. Did you hear me? I think she was probably being serious. She's willing to destroy everything if that's what it takes to remove President Trump. We'll be back. Real news, real people, real politics. And now, Will Johnson. All right. Okay, so Tom actually started right before we went to the last break talking about our sponsor. And the reason why we talk about our sponsor is because you going to our sponsor, InfoWarsStore.com, makes it possible for us to be here. I can't stress it enough. We are engaged. We want to talk about what the liberal media is not talking about. A lot of people don't even, they can't even stomach the liberal media. So right now, if you want to continue supporting our broadcast here, it is Cyber Week at InfoWarsStore.com. Cyber Week. This is amazing. You know, there's all the businesses and they're still running their specials. And it, just because it happened on Monday, a lot of them still continue to go out throughout the week. And you know what? You're going to see specials throughout the, the rest of the year. I mean, just think about it because a lot of people, they need these products. And if you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you benefit by getting the products. So it's a win-win. So right now, they have the eight-pack. And I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's 75% off the eight-pack power stack. And I have a box right here on the desk. And I'm sitting there looking in the box here, Tom. And it's almost empty. This is absolutely <laughs> wonderful stuff. So they have... The eight pack, uh, eight pack power stack. What it is, it comes with, it comes with personal packs in, the, in there and it's already sorted for you. So if you can give me a, like a document cam shot here. So you, in the morning to make it really easy, you just take the wake up and work. You take this one. You have the energy to start off your day to kick your day off. And then when you're done for the day, you end with the rest and recover. You take this one and sleep like a baby. Uh, one of the things I really like talking about these products, and it's not only because it benefits us, Tom, as being here, our broadcast, but they actually work. They actually do what they say they're going to do. 
That is the amazing right. thing about all of this. And I think that is the, that's, that's the one thing that the liberals fear the most or the elitist, the globalists, because you go to InfoWarsStore.com and you can get products that actually benefit your body, mind, and soul. <laughs> well, and I, I just want to mention two things. One part, uh, the APAC power stack is really a genius thing because you can oh, take yeah. it if you travel constantly or if you just every morning you wake up and you don't feel like, all right, there's this one and there's this one, there's this one. Thank just rip you. it open and take the pills. That's all you need. It's perfect. Take the supplements for the morning. Take the supplements for the evening. It's it, simplify your life. Get the APAC power stack. Now, the other part of this, I do want to mention, I've heard from the frogman himself, Alex Jones, that these sales that what's been going on the past six or so weeks at InfoWarsStore.com, they are going to end soon. So mm-hmm. this is your opportunity. Take advantage of them during Cyber Week. You still have a chance to get some of these phenomenal deals because not only are these deals going to go away for who knows how long, it could be most of first quarter of 2020, not only are these deals going to go away soon, some of these products may not be in stock until the first quarter of 2020 comes along. So if you want to make sure to get... All of the all of the mainstays. If you want to get Super Male Vitality, if you want to get Brain First Force, Turbo Force, Super Blue, if you want to get all of these products, if you want to make sure you have them going into the new year, this it could be your last opportunity before you have to pay both full price or before the products are totally gone. So please yes. support our sponsor and act now. And actually, I haven't taken my Vaso Beat today. I'm going to take it right now while we're live on the air. And a lot of people, they have to chase it with water, but I like it straight up because I like the, I like the taste. My kids say, dad, you're weird. I know I repeat that all the time. Dad, you're so weird. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Mm. I like it straight out the bottle. I like it straight out the bottle. Get your Vassal Beast today. Infowarsstore.com. You going to InfoWarsStore.com, Cyber Week, right now, you help us fight the tyranny of the globalist elitists that's coming out of all of us. Alex Jones is right. Without you, we can't do this. We need you. Please support us. Find it in your heart. Support us. Think about it. Great Christmas gifts. We'll be back in a minute. Congressman from Arizona, Andy Biggs, who actually sits on the Judiciary Committee. Welcome. Good to have you with us. Good to be with you, Shannon. Okay, so what do you make of this? I mean, basically, this is what the chairman says um, in response to the White House saying, we're not going to show up for this. He says, if the president thinks the call was perfect and there's nothing to hide, then he would turn over the thousands of pages of documents requested by Congress, allow witnesses to testify, and provide any exculpatory information that refutes the overwhelming evidence of his abuse of power. Now, your committee's going to have the hearing on Wednesday. Do you think someone from the White House or the president's legal team should be cooperating? Well, no, and I'll tell you why. This has been an, an illegitimate pr- process from the very beginning. I mean, and, and let's just take this most recent thing that Jerry Nadler wants to do. So Jerry Nadler gives them a deadline for Sunday. says, let us know if you're going to participate on Wednesday. We're not going to tell you who's going to come in so you can prepare and, and, and be, get adequate time to get ready. We're not going to do that. In fact, we're going to do it less so that the committee members will have less than 12 hours after the Intel Committee votes out its report. So if any of these get conflated and you want to bring up any kind of uh, uh, kind of cross 
talk about this. You can't do it because of the way these guys have done it and the uh, way they've set it up. And Jerry Nadler has also said, we're going to do this while President Trump's overseas at, at NATO. He can't wait for an, a week to, to let everybody come back and prepare and see who's coming. That's what was done in the Clinton and Nixon uh, impeachment proceedings. There was time, ample time, for both sides to prepare call in witnesses and discuss things, including when they had two different panels of legal experts. Jerry Nadler is a swamp rat. Um, Jerry Nadler is straight up a swamp rat. I mean, Will, I, I don't disagree, but I don't know if he really has the physique of a rat. I know I'm just pulling this out of nowhere on the crew. Can you find that photo, crew? Just Google Jerry Nadler and see if you can find the photo of him where, where his tie's off to the side and his pants are up to oh, his chin. Oh, yeah, I know exactly I mean, what you're talking about. It, I mean, I think his look, head was right here below, below his, his belt line. Right. <laughs> I'm exaggerating guy, it, but... <laughs> it, it, there, there was a, a, a villain in the 90s on Batman called Penguin, and I think that's what Jerry Nadler was really doing. <laughs> yeah. In the 1990s, it, it's kind of bizarre that this guy. And by the way, Jerry Nadler. There he is. Has, there. Thank you so much. This crew is unbelievable, amazing. You are phenomenal, guys. I mean, this is the guy who's going to destroy President Trump. It's been four years since 2015 since Trump came on the scene. They've been trying to do it. Everybody's been doing everything they can, but this is it. Yeah. Jerry Nadler. We have our hero. He's here. He's still here to destroy Trump. But it, it's a massive joke. I mean, Jerry Nadler has had a vendetta against Trump. Since, from my understanding, the 1980s, uh, he is he went up against Trump countless times in real estate in, in New York, and now here he is again, all three foot five of him, still going up <laughs> against President Trump. I mean, I I feel bad for these people. They are demented, they are obsessed, and it's really just pathetic. And so I am very glad. I would be very disappointed if the Trump administration or if anybody in the Trump administration were going to show up at this thing because it is and has always been and will always be a witch hunt designed to destroy the best president this country has had since probably the 1700s. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. And you know, actually that uh, photo that you did, the, the control room just showed of uh, Nadler, that's actually one where his pants are down even lower. His belt line is lower. <laughs> there's actually one where his belt line comes up a lot higher than what you see here. This is this was I think this probably this probably is a lot closer to normal f- than any other one that I've seen. But there's another one that's just go. It, it's like it's like really weird. I mean, well, what does he think I, when you look in the mirror when he comes out like that? It's that it's I, that mentality thing. I do have to say, Mr. Nadler, congratulations. If you look at the old photos of him from the Clinton impeachment, which he was firmly against, by the way, he's mm. lost quite a bit of weight. He's gone. I mean, he's a very short man. He's like four foot oh. Uh, so maybe he's gone down from, you know, 350 <laughs> to 250 pounds. I don't exactly know what his weight is. I would actually be interested in finding out just for the means. Maybe he's just, but, well, I was going to say, maybe say, he's well, Go on, go on. Uh, so maybe he should stop going too big and tall buying his pants. There he is. <laughs> well, that's just it. That's just it. I mean, we understand you've lost some weight, but please get a new wardrobe. It's very important. You look great. You're thin. You're svelte. You look wonderful. Get some new clothes. And there, of course, he is in the 1990s when he was still known as Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Penguin, actually. We did get one of the little, uh, the little glass eyes. Anyways, so here's another clip with Andy Biggs where he talks about uh, impeachment report and the process Republicans took and uh, shift and shift the Democrats took. Okay, so let's go to this clip. 
the Democrats' version on the House Intel Committee of their report that they're going to send to you, which now is the next step in impeachment, uh, that is being reviewed behind closed doors. We think we may get a look at it maybe tomorrow night. Republicans are already saying um, it doesn't prove anything like bribery, extortion, any of those allegations. But tonight, Adam Schiff, of course, chairing the House Intel Committee, says this. The minority, meaning Republicans, rebuttal document intended for an audience of one ignores voluminous evidence that the president used the power of his office to pressure Ukraine into investigating his political rival by withholding military aid and a White House meeting the president of Ukraine desperately sought. I mean, you've heard chairmanship. We see him everywhere saying it is an open and shut in case. There's really nothing to debate here. Yeah, and that's unfortunate that he's that way. Um, but, but he also said there was Russian collusion until there, it was proven that there was no Russian collusion. <laughs> I've read a substantial portion of the Republicans on the plane coming out here today, and I can tell you that they're going fact by fact, item by item. They're not saying hearsay evidence is, is prime, like we heard Mr. Quigley say, and actually the Intel Committee saying, well, you know, sometimes we prefer hearsay evidence. That's how ludicrous this has become. And so I look at it and I say, uh, it's now incumbent upon the Democrats to be as open and transparent in their position paper as the Republicans have been in theirs. You go first. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it really is to, to see shifts quotes like this. It's just something else. I mean, the man, he's an actor. He's an actor who failed out of acting. I, I don't know his, his past. Maybe I'm wrong, but he seems to be an actor who failed at his calling. And so now he is making his living by acting, lying to the American public. I mean, to call this an open and shut case, we have a person who was fired and was upset about it. We have a George Soros shill. We have a guy who looks like Jared Fogle, who looks like Brian Stelter, and sits there and goes, "It's Lieutenant Colonel." <laughs> the, these are these are the star witnesses. These are the people. This is why we have to impeach Trump. I mean, it is so totally bizarre, and it really just shows how America is living. There's there's two different realities. There's the reality that I believe is the correct one, where we're all sitting here bored out of our minds, going, "Are yes. you serious? You've had three years." You had all this time. This is what you got. This is how you're going to get rid of this guy. And there's the left that's going, oh, my God, that lieutenant colonel, he's so dreamy. <laughs> and Adam Schiff. I actually read yeah. an article not long ago, Will, where they said Adam Schiff is a sex symbol. This is how demented half the country is. <laughs> and you know what? They're proceeding with with all of this on hearsay, Tom. Every bit. What's going to happen tomorrow, everybody that's watching and listening, every last bit of this, they're moving forward on hearsay. No direct conversation, no direct information from on any of this. They're moving forward of impeachment on hearsay. This, I mean, this is, this is our, this is the men and women that we elected as the American people. We elected these yahoos, put them up on the hill, and they're about to take out the sitting president, or they're gonna attempt to try to take out the president over hearsay? And then Adam Schiff is like, okay, yeah, we have all the information, we got everything. They don't have anything, Tom. They're using all of this to try to make the get or tried to get the public approval to get everyone in the country say yes that is enough he needs to be impeached so before we go out I want to and I want to address it just a little bit let's play this clip about boot edge 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 where apparently 
I'm looking the other way at racism if I support President Trump? Really? Really play the clip. Anyone who supported this president is, at best, uh, looking the other way on racism, at best. At best, looking the other way. I mean, see, you know what, they don't have anything. It is a broken record that they keep spinning, and the the record doesn't even have a belt, doesn't have a magnetic. There's no power coming to it. They're winding the daggum thing up, and and all it has is one thing that just turns, and unless unless they're turning the wheel, it doesn't turn at all. He's racist. He's racist. He's racist. He's racist. He's racist. He's racist. They have nothing. That's what the Democrats have done in the past, and they're still doing it. The Intel and Judiciary Committees, he is our headliner today. And, sir, I know you saw the story in the Washington Post about this uh, suggestion that Bill Barr is disputing some of the findings in um the IG report, I'm told from a DOJ official, handle and read the post story with caution. What can yeah. you add to that? No, I don't know if we can add much. We're going to know in a week, uh, well, six days when Mr. Horowitz brings his report. I've always, I've always been, uh, uh, thought that Mr. Horowitz does good work. So we'll see what it, what it, what it looks like next week when it comes out. But never forget the, the investigation I think that matters the most is the one that U.S. Attorney John Durham is doing where he's going to have a broader look at the entire intelligence community and come back and tell us what happened in that summer of 2016 when the FBI spied on two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign. My guess is that probably never happened in American history. So that's the investigation that matters the most, but I'll look forward to Mr. Horowitz's okay, report next but week. you know that Durham is at least six months away, probably. It's, it's going to be a while. Uh, we don't know the time frame for sure. You know what, Tom? I saw, I was looking at the Criminal News Network the other day, and they were on there complaining because President Trump was reading out the text messages between uh, Paige <laughs> and her lover in the FBI. And they were just getting all upset. Like he's making fun of it, sound, making it like they're having sex. I mean, the left—they're they're so perverted. But when President Trump says it, joke, you know, as like a big joke. And like I said before, if people will just listen to President Trump and not watch him, twenty years from now they're going to think, man, this president was a comedian. He had everybody <laughs> laughing, people were dying, and then the left, they don't like it. They hate it because what he's saying is true. They were had they had a sexual relationship. Well, it does speak, uh, in my opinion at least, uh, extensively about the FBI and the moral fortitude of the people who work there, that two of the top people are having an extramarital affair, which, I mean, you're not supposed to, first of all, have a, have a relationship with people you work with. It's just right. good ethics. Second of all, to be cheating on your wife with the person you work with is next level. <laughs> but I, so this is such, Will, this is just such a complex situation with this IG report that is forthcoming on December 9th. I really want to believe it's going to be phenomenal. This Washington Post piece is puzzling. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to break down. So we have an article up. It's from last week or over the weekend, perhaps on nationalfile.com. Barr has a weird, weird background. I mean, I want to like the guy. I want to trust the guy. I really do. But so just a couple examples. So A.G. Barr, of course, worked at the law firm. He did not represent Jeffrey Epstein, but he worked at the law firm that did. Additionally, uh, A.G. Barr, now, and who now says, by the way, yes, Epstein did kill himself. 
himself like anyone believes that. A.G. Barr's father once hired Jeffrey Epstein to work at a prep school for teenage girls where he was widely regarded as a weirdo. Not only that, (laughs) A.G. Barr's father once wrote a science fiction novel about a slave breeding program that is basically what Jeffrey Epstein was trying to do in Arizona. So A.G. Barr is a weird, weird cat. Now, second of all, this IG report, I've heard from my sources, and we'll see. I would love it if these sources are wrong, but we've heard, I've heard at least that it's going to be a lot of uh, exposing how corrupt the media is, which I'm all for. We all know the media is corrupt. I would love to see it exposed. But what mm-hmm. I'm told is that it's not going to really get to the level of recommending criminal indictment for anybody in the actual deep state. It's not going to see Hillary Clinton in handcuffs. It's not going to yeah. see Barack Obama in handcuffs. So it, it's very, very interesting. So we have Barr, whose family is implicated with all of this Epstein, the sex crime. It's definitely it's, within the realm of possibility. Then we have this IG reports that who that he supposedly disagrees with that yeah. may not be that good. It's very conflicting it's almost, information. Will it's almost like Barr was planted there to make sure certain information didn't come out and to protect others that might be involved and will shed light onto it. You know, um, them you and you just touched on it a minute ago. Barr has not put anyone in handcuffs. And is it like, why not? Because we know that people have broken the law. If it was the other way around, there'd be indictments all over the place. Mm. But yet they, they've yet to do a single indictment and actually follow through. I think the last one was Andrew McCabe. Supposedly they were like, you know, contemplating about putting him in handcuffs. Whatever happened to that? Has anyone, <laughs> where, where in the world is Andrew McCabe? I mean, it's like that all they got swept under the rug. And you remember right when they came out with Andrew McCabe with the whole thing, this whole thing with, with the whole impeachment popped up, you know, right. rushing everything, all that popped up again. It's convenient how it pops up. They, well, that's exactly right. I mean, it seems like a big distraction. And I mean, I, I, again, I want to like AG Barr. Yeah, he, yeah. he seems like he could be a straight shooter. But then you've got all of these people who they refuse to hear anything bad about him because he plays the bagpipes. I mean, it, this right. is, yeah. this is how good they are at spinning a narrative to fool the American people, even in the age of Trump. It can be quite frustrating sometimes, but it'll be interesting if Jim Jordan is cautiously optimistic, then I suppose I will be too. I think he is a straight yeah. Yeah, we we have that next clip where he's saying that he hopes. See, that's the problem here. He's not he's you know what? They're they're hoping that the the IG report that, you know, what didn't happen last time. It will happen this time when it comes out. People, the truth will come out. I guess we all can just hope right at this point. Let's go to the clip. What I also hope happens next week is that Jerry Nadler and Carol Maloney, the, the, the chairman of the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee, I hope they have a hearing. Remember, three months ago, back in the summer, four months ago, when we had Mr. Horowitz's report on Comey's leak situation, they didn't even hold a hearing in the House of Representatives. When does that ever happen? So we know Senator Graham's going to hold a hearing next week. I hope they do in the House and get off this crazy impeachment strategy they've been on now for months and months. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I guess we can just hope that they actually do something this time, Tom. And, and they released the IG report. I mean, I, I want to know how the dossier got started. I w- bring all the information out about how Fusion GPS is all involved. Bring the information about why the DNC did not allow the FBI to investigate the servers. 
Bring all that out. And like I mentioned earlier, how is it that we're supposed to believe that it was Russia when they would never even let them look at the service in the first place? And they're running with the information. And these 17 different agencies, they're taking the word from the DNC that their servers were hacked. So so now you have these 17 different agencies saying that the servers were hacked. And all of a sudden, all of the liberal media is using that talking point saying, hey, the servers were hacked. The DNC was hacked because the DNC said so. Why in the world are we believing anything that's coming out of the DNC when they don't even want to talk about Seth Rich? Why did Julian Assange ask about Seth Rich? What was so important about that? They swept that under the rug as well. They're not even thinking about all of the actual questions that should be asked here. And when this IG report comes out, I think, Tom, um, be honest with you. I think we're going to see a repeat what we've seen in the past. It's just they bring out the information. They talk about it. Then we see all the corruption take place. And someone's going to come along and say, well, uh, yeah, they did the corruption, but we know how Democrats are. So we're just going to you know, move on. Nothing to see here. Well, that's the big fear. I mean, we all remember Hillary Clinton. I remember where exactly I was when Hillary Clinton, James Comey, comes out and he says all of the terrible things she did and how awful it was and it's terrible and nobody's ever heard of anything like this. But it does not rise to the level of criminal prosecution. I think it could be an exact, almost verbatim repeat. And it really just, it, it remains to be seen. Some folks are very optimistic. I think that you and I will, it sounds like both of us are on the same page, that uh hope for the the best prepare for the worst yeah that's exactly what's going to happen they're going to i mean i want to i want them to actually do something and because if they actually do something the democrats are really going to lose their lunch i was going to say lose their you know their stuff at the backside, but you know that's what it is but hey we'll be back <laughs> The actual collusion between the DNC and Ukraine went far deeper than anyone realized. Last year in One American News, we interviewed Ukrainian whistleblower Andrei Telezhenko, who outlined for us the real sources behind the Fusion GPS steel dossier, the actual Ukrainian politicians and consultants. Now, new testimony from a Fusion GPS employee has confirmed that. We also reported on the collusion between the DNC and Ukrainian operative Alexander Chalupa. Nelly Orr who worked for Fusion GPS, testified to the House that left-wing Ukrainian politician Sergei Lyshenko was a source of the dossier. Originally, we were told that the Steele dossier came only from Russian sources paid by Fusion GPS on behalf of the Clinton campaign, Perkins Coy, and DNC. In our interview last year, Telezhenko reported that Ukrainian political consultants who were pro-Clinton were tasked to come up with fake stories about Trump, which were fed into the Steele dossier, which was then used by the FBI to obtain a FISA warrant on the Trump campaign. Today, we have been provided a new name to add to the mix. Vasily Filipchuk is a Ukrainian diplomat. He has the third civil service rank and the envoy extraordinary and minister plenary diplomatic rank of the second class, Ukraine. In 2014, he became the chairman of the board of the International Center for Policy Studies, ICPS. ICPS was founded by the Open Society Institute, which is run by left-wing billionaire George Soros. According to a familiar official, Filipchuk was involved in the writing of the Steele dossier and was one of the Ukrainian political consultants contacted by Fusion GPS 
and in order to push their anti-Trump agenda in 2016. While Fusion GPS funding by George Soros after the 2016 election has been reported on extensively, this is the first time that a Soros-tied operative has been tied directly to being a source for the dossier itself. Ukrainian collusion represents a significant threat to American democracy, and their operations with Fusion GPS that led to a FISA warrant against the Trump campaign certainly require more scrutiny. Perhaps Attorney General Barr will see fit to open a special investigation into the controversial firm Fusion GPS in order to get to the bottom of this situation. For One American News, I'm Jack Posobiec. Now, I hope we do get to the bottom of it. And, Tom, like I said earlier, I think they're going to come through all this information. And we, those of us on the right, conservatives, Republicans, Whatever, what have you on the right, we're going to be disappointed. I, and I hate to be like that. Will, don't be so negative. Don't be so negative. I'm just going based on what we've seen the past three years with all of this stuff happening to President Trump. The Republicans are not aggressive enough. They're not on the offense. They're not on the offensive. And I think that they should. And I'll be honest with you, Tom, I don't think President Trump is on the offensive enough either. All this nonsense is happening. If they need to put the foot down, if they have to punch someone in the mouth, then punch someone in the mouth. It'll make good TV. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to agree with you, Will. And I do have to say there were a lot of shocking revelations in that OAN video, one of which is before watching it, I always thought the Chalupa was a menu item at Taco Bell. Apparently I was wrong. But <laughs> but no, seriously, though, the one point, and, and I, Jack Posobiec does great work, I, nothing but respect for the guy, of course, but the one thing that he didn't mention is, of course, this whole transcript, this whole quid pro quo allegation that is totally and completely false. All of this goes back to the fact that President Trump believed that Ukraine meddled in the United States election. Well, now we have the smoking gun. We have the proof. We have everything. We have the fact that George Soros was paying a guy who helped contribute to the Steele dossier, which was supposed to have come from Russia, but actually came from a British agent. I mean, this this entire thing is so complex. And of course, it all ends, according to a lot of people, a very popular opinion, at least. It all ends with President Obama authorizing President Trump to have, be, have his wires tapped via the FISA warrant. It is such a complex mess that anybody can see who has their eyes open. And yet still, I, again, I, I, we just, I am cautiously optimistic. Maybe we'll be shocked and amazed by what comes out on December 9th. But you're right, Will. Republicans have got to put their big boy pants on and get mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. And, and, you know, kudos to them for storming the castle when they were having their secret meetings down in, in Shifty Shift's basement. Kudos for them for doing that. But that's not enough. You can't, you can't do that and say, okay, we did our show. Okay, everyone should be good, right? No, no, we're not good because they're still proceeding with this impeachment hoax. They're still trying to take out the president of the United States and the Democrats. This is an actual coup going on. You have members on the House floor talking about the coup going on, even in the Senate talking about how the coup is happening right now and everyone's ignoring it. And then if you talk about a coup, you're a conspiracy. The only reason why they got uh, that that colonel, if you want to call him a colonel, to dress up in his military uniform is because they want support from the military for this coup. Because you can't have a successful coup without the military. It doesn't work. And they know that. That's the only reason why they're doing that. It's the whole thing where uh, when, when President Trump, uh, he gave the, uh, the, the Navy SEAL 
his, what, what do they call it? His trident. He gave his trident right. back to him, right? He gave that back to him. The liberal media got completely butthurt about it, and they were trying to say that he was undermining the military, which is not the case. Anyone in the military but like, thank you for sticking up for one of ours, President Trump. But the liberal media tried to spin it like he was the bad guy. And they're right. doing that because you have to have the military in order for the coup to work, and you have to have public approval. All this is for public approval, Tom. They're trying to convince you, Tom, because they're not going to convince me. I don't think they're going <laughs> to convince you either. But I'm just saying they're trying to convince the American people that impeaching this president is the positive thing to do. It's the right thing to do. They're doing their U.S. constitutional duty by impeaching this president. And then, like, Nadler came out trying to make it like he's all, you know what, we, we, you know what, impeachment is a process that we really don't want to do, but because it will, you know, it will divide the country. And dividing the country is not something that we're aiming to do, which is a total lie. They've been trying to divide the country ever since Hillary Rotten Clinton lost to President Trump in 2016. Well, you're right. I mean, they're trying to persuade the American public that impeachment is a good idea. And it just goes to show, I mean, if these people had to sell a used car to a 16-year-old who just won the lottery, they couldn't do it. These people can't persuade a fish to drink water. It's it's unbelievable how bad these people are at their jobs. I mean, the polls show people are tiring of uh, of impeachment. The polls are even showing that Democrats are tiring of impeachment. I mean, I still maintain that this was a desperate attempt to try to unify their party uh, in the run-up to 2020 because, of course, you've got the communists, you've got the progressives, you've got the moderates, you've got the people who won in a district, that, a 2018 election in a district that Trump won in 2016. Uh, the Democratic Party is a mess. This is their last big hurrah, their last attempt to rally the troops, and it's failing. I mean, it is abysmally failing. Yes. That is the one, the one silver lining to all of this, Will, is that our opposition, it was a Voltaire who said... I have but one prayer. Let my enemies be fools. And God granted it. Well, at least we have that going for us. <laughs> and you brought it up, the wiretapping of of a, a presidential candidate. Can you imagine right now if there was an agency with inside of the United States government that was wiretapping one of the candidates running on the Democrat ticket right now? They would most definitely say that President Trump knew about it. How could how could Barack Hussein Obama not know about a wiretap taking place against a candidate running for the president of the United States? You remember? I remember when President Trump had and President Trump and Hillary Rodden Clinton, right when they when they won the primaries, right after they won the primary, if I'm not mistaken, they had to go to the FBI, and they they both went to the FBI, and when they went to when they both went to the FBI, they were privy to information that none of us know about. Do you recall that? Now, the reason why I brought that up, because right after President Trump went to the FBI, went there, that's when all the wiretapping information came out. See, how did President Trump know? See, they weren't expecting President Trump to make it that far to find out in the first place. But then after he became president, it all became evident. And that's why I'm so frustrated right now, because President Trump knows exactly what the Democrats are doing. He has access to every single bit of information that the Democrats are doing, and he's letting them get away with it. Or at least that what it looks like on the surface. I sure hope Trump is just holding that Trump card that is played at the right time to just crush these Democrats. That's what I'm hoping for, Tom. 
That's what I'm hoping for. And I want to see that because the Democratic Party is nothing but the Democrat Party operating inside of the United States. A recent UN study on child detention got pulled from many mainstream media outlets after its findings were deemed too controversial. The reason? The UN found the world's highest rate of child detentions took place during the Obama administration. So when Democrats talk about the Latino vote, we laugh at it because our families have been hurting for so long under their watch. The UN study was released across media wires, including Reuters and AFP, on November the 18th. Headlines, the US has the world's highest rate of children in detention. The following day, the UN clarified the numbers in its study come from the year 2015 and described the dire conditions of immigration detention under then-President Obama. Immediately after, the story was withdrawn with no replacement or update story to follow. Anyone who sees women as objects, minorities and immigrants as inferior, other faiths as presumptively un-American, cannot leave this diverse, dynamic, big-hearted big country that we love. Over the past few years, the media relentlessly criticized President Trump's proposed policies to improve border security. The president faced a flurry of false reports presented as facts, including migrant children in cages, that happened under Obama, and the family separation policy dating back to the Clinton-era Flores settlement of 1997. The UN says the Obama DHS held 100,000 children in detention in 2015. By late 2018, the figure dropped to 15,000 and has decreased ever since, due to President Trump's border wall, safe third country agreements with Central American nations, as well as the Remain in Mexico policy. Our plan includes critical measures to protect migrant children from exploitation and abuse. UN experts say it was the Obama administration that showed the most atrocious examples of inhumane treatment of alien minors and their alleged parents. However, throughout the Obama years, the media thoroughly crafted the narrative suggesting illegal aliens are welcome in the US. But the latest UN report shows Democrats may be using such rhetoric for political purposes while President Trump has proposed practical solutions. You know what, Tom? The Democrats don't really want to remove the kids from these monsters because the Democrats support pedophilia. The Democrats are demonic. They're satanic. They support all of these monsters brutally, just ravishing these young children. They don't, they're not against it. They're all for it. And then they come out and tell me, well, President Trump is uh, separating the children from the families. No, you know what? You have to separate the children from these monsters. The Democrats don't want to do that. Not a single one of them saying, okay, you know what? We need to find out if the children, the child actually belongs to this monster that he or she is with. But they don't want to do that because they're like, oh, they're going <clears> to, <throat> Satan loves it. Satan is using these people to get at children. Now I get highly angry when I think about these grown people doing this horrible stuff to children, and the Democrats are nowhere to be found talking about it. The Democrats don't care. They do not care.
There's so many different points here, Will. I mean, that's right. Of course, many of these people, they, there's rent-a-child programs. You rent a child, you take them across the border, you ship the kid yes. back, and they're your free pass to get into the United States, no questions asked. You never show up to court, and it's a, it's a done deal. But, I mean, there are so many different facets to this. So take a look at Nexium, of course, which our reporter at National File, Patrick Halley, has broken. He's, he's been the Nexium guy since before there was a Nexium guy. And one of the things that Nexium was doing was they were bringing in young minors, like 17, 18, 19, uh, 19 and quite a minor, but very young people, kids, into the country illegally from Mexico. They would tell them, you will be in this cult. You will do what we want. You will have sex with whoever you want, whoever we want you to have sex with. We will brand you with a hot iron. We will tattoo you. Whatever we want, you must comply with, or else we will turn you over to Border Patrol, and then you're going to go back to Mexico. Then you're going to get killed by the cartels. So that's one facet of this. Another facet of this is the fact that CPS today is still separating children from their parents. There's hundreds of reports that have been detailed in Epic Times and National File of somebody picking up the phone and saying <laughs> this Trump supporter I know down the street is a secret terrorist. They're a pedophile. They have guns. Take the kids. And they come in yep. the middle of the night. They take this kids. This is a policy, by the way, that was exacerbated and put into place by the Clinton administration. The left yep. is anti-children. They are yep. pro-child rape, if anything, but anti-children. Yeah, and they take the kids and they put them in a system. And then guess what? The state receives extra money because they have more kids in the system. And then they make it difficult for the parents to get the kids back. And there's nothing wrong with them. But if they, they then they, then on top of that, then they try to take the kids and put them in a home where a pedophile exists. And then on top of that, then they release these pedophiles from jail and then they take them to the library and so they can read the kids so kids will be closer and feel more comfortable around pedophiles. This is demonic. Is Satan, is Satan running rampant? He's using the Democrat party and any of you that are in the Democratic party and you know this. You know it to be true, and you still support them. What does this say about you? What does it say? Now, granted, I have people that are family members that are in the Democrat Party, and I am talking about them as well. We are at a stance in our lives right now. The, the America is at a crossroads. America is spiritually seeing a change. America, the world, is seeing something that is happening that has never happened before. And if we do not stand up, and if we do not say something, this demonic entity that is running rampant on this planet is going to destroy all of us and when it comes to the children that the the most innocent beings on the planet our children and these demonic demon democrats thrive on destroying them look how they're trying to confuse them tom so we have another video i guess we're gonna go out with this video here this is one with alex and and he from today where he's talking about these pedophiles and it's, it's so powerful it's so powerful. Let's play this, the first one. So as you follow these interbreeding bloodlines, which came out of the, the ancient world, particularly out of uh, the Middle East, out of Babylon, out of Sumer, out of Egypt, and up into Europe, and then uh, worldwide through the uh, colonization of the world, um, you uh, follow uh, not just a sequence of interbreeding, um, because once the uh, world in general started rejecting overt rule by royalty, 
Um, these bloodlines went into the dark suit professions. They went into politics, into banking, into business and all this uh, network. And when you follow these bloodlines through history, uh, two other things follow, Satanism and pedophilia. Um, because these um, entities, we take pedophilia, these entities operating outside of human sight, they feed off human energy. You remember um, in the Matrix movies when the Morpheus character held up the battery and said the machines have turned us into one of these, um, a, 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 an, yes. an energy source. Well, that's that's what they do. And, and the energy um, that they want in, in humans in general is what I call low vibrational emotional energy. They want uh, energy we give off, because we're giving it off all the time in the terms of electromagnetic frequency, depending on our state of emotion and our state of mind. Uh, they want um, the energy of depression, the energy of fear, the energy of anxiety, uh, sexual energy in its uh, more extreme form. This is what they want. And they've structured society so that humans give them that energy, but their nectar, if you like, the energy they want more than anything is the energy of, of prepubescent children. And that's and how so they throw it in our face with Monster University. Oh, scaring the energy is what powers the monster kingdom. You're talking about this 30 years ago, but that's literally what they're doing. And terrorizing and torturing and using up a child is their ambrosia. And it's what they do in the satanic rituals. But, um, this is why they, you know, if you go back in, um, in into history and, and when they were openly sacrificing people, what were they doing? The, the, what was the line? Sacrificing young virgins Let's to the Let's stay gods. there. Let's talk about it. You know what, Tom? This is a great example of how the left, you know, he's laying it all out. And it's a great example on how the left do not care. And we're right at the end. And for anyone who haven't seen the rest of those clips, go to band.video. They're all out there. You need to check them all out. I mean, they're very powerful. And we are at the end. Let's, I guess we're right at one minute, Tom. Like I like, I like to say this and sometimes we don't get the opportunity, but I like to say that it's a great opportunity to sit here with you. And I want to thank everyone for going to our sponsor, InfoWarsStore.com. Right now it is cyber week. The specials are still going by all means. Take advantage. Um, this is a great opportunity to great Christmas gifts. I mean, what a gift to give, right? Something that's going to benefit your family members. It's an it's a win-win and a no-brainer. So, God's willing, we'll be back tomorrow with your help because of you, Tom and I fight for this country because of you, we have to stand up and we're not going to stop. We're not going to back down no matter how much they keep coming at us. All right? God bless you. God bless President Trump and God bless America. See you tomorrow. God's good.